Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special live recording of Stack of Dice. We are a local podcasting group, and we've been playing through a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons game. As it happens, today is our one-year anniversary. We shared our first episode on the 18th of May in 2018, so we're really excited to be here. We've come a long way, and we're thankful that you are here to celebrate this moment with us. Before we kick off this show, we want to welcome you to the Stack of Dice podcast. We won't recap any of the story, but invite you to check us out online or on your mobile device at stackodice.com. Grab one of our handy flyers at our table before you leave. We've done some good stuff over the last year, and we hope you'll enjoy it. If you're new to Dungeons & Dragons or D&D, it's really just a game that provides a way for friends to tell a story together. Even though we break the story up into parts, each time we play we're adding to the story. We use dice to add some randomness, and there are rules contained in books like these that help define what, that help define what characters can and cannot do. It's a lot of fun, and if you've never tried it out, you should. Also, immediately after the show, at 2.30, we're going to have a drawing for our grand prize. It's everything you need to start your own game. We're giving you a way to kick off your game immediately with the items we include in our prize. And one last word, the core rule books that are a part of that prize come courtesy of our friends at Third Eye Comics in Annapolis. If you want anything comic or game related, go check them out. With that, hello stackers. And thank you for joining us in this ongoing 5th edition D&D adventure. I'm Rhett, the DM, and I'm joined by... Meredith as Tira Ironstag, the 7th level Mountain Dwarf Barbarian. I'm Michael, and my character's name is Womberbash Benson Mum, and I'm a 7th level Mystic. I'm Thane, and I play Peter Greyhawk, the human Cleric level 2, Paladin level 5, because one class is not cool enough for me. <laughs> And we are joined also by all of our friends at the Odinson Public Library. Yay! <laughs> and I like to start every episode with this, but who's ready to tell a story? Me! Me! <laughs> that was not enthusiastic, all right. <laughs> who's ready to tell a story? Yeah. Me! <laughs> That's better. The port of Dura spreads out before you. The solid stone of its harbor's red and white breakwaters are a welcome relief from a couple days of sailing through fitful breezes and hot, restless nights. Even though it's only just dawn, you can see that the broad stone terrace beyond the docks is already packed with people. Dock workers are busy loading and unloading crates from ships, merchants are checking bills of lading, food sellers are setting up their carts, and curious children too young for, or too tired of, school lounge at the fringes of the growing crowd. People are dressed in rich colors, greens, blues, yellows, reds, creams. Silk, satin, and linen swirl by each other in the press, while closer at hand, the coarse and sweat-stained homespun of the dock workers adds an earthy counterpoint. Your ship docks at last. The gangplank scrapes into place, and you're free to step onto the docks at Fantastic Dura, the exotic entry into the equally exotic country of Rahaj Manath. What are you going to do? Is she, is, are you, is she completely healed? Like, we're all healed. From yeah, we had a long yeah. rest. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. All right. Well, I guess Peter's just going, just going to follow his instincts and try and find the library. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Peter's going to head uh, to step off the ship, and I assume the... Maybe we need to talk to the captain before we get off the ship and see if he can give us any directions on which way to go. It's a good idea. Thank him for taking us on. And for his cooperation through all this. And don't forget Thump. Yes, don't forget right. Thump. <laughs> don't forget Thump. Uh, as a bit of background, we have a Dragonborn, and in this world, Dragonborn are a little bit different. They only communicate through smell. And so Thump is our Dragonborn in the party. All right? So the, the four of you start to work your way off the ship or, or start to find the captain. Yeah, we want to find the captain. And you find him already down at the bottom of the gangplank talking with somebody who looks like an official here in the city. Hey, Peter, when you ask him about, about the library, can, 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 you, can, you, can you ask him about like, where we can find something to eat because I'm hungry? Is there a marketplace anywhere nearby? Oh, there, uh, yeah, there are food stalls that have been set up in this terrace around the docks. Uh, so there's all these rich smells wafting towards you, uh, curries and spices and all sorts of things that are hitting your nose all at once, and a lot of them are smells you have never smelled before. 
Umberbash, there's food right here. I want meat. All right, there's I'm, probably meat right I'm here. I'm sure we can find some meat. Let's first say our goodbyes to the captain. Okay. The captain is engaged in conversation with this official. All right, I'm just going to walk up walk to, up to maybe grab his... <laughs> His, uh, pant yeah, leg. yeah, yeah. My, my his pant. I can reach higher than his pant leg, uh, but not much. Um, so I'm gonna just kind of maybe tap him and say, "Um, excuse me, Mister. <laughs> no. Uh, uh. Well, we're we're ready to to go. We we really need to be on our way and uh, and find find the library. If you can point us in the right direction, or if this gentleman that you're talking to could. Ah, uh, yes. I need to introduce you to my friend Gundana. He is the port authority here. Oh, perfect. Uh, good to meet you, Gundana? Gundana, yes, my name is Gundana, and I am welcoming you to the city, to the port of Dura, in the country of Rahajmanak. Welcome. And he bows to you, and he smiles very broadly. His dark face shows very white teeth, and he says, I hear you are great heroes from where you come. That's what some call us, yes. We are definitely on, uh, we've been on a long journey, and there's been some eventful things that happened along the way, but right now we're just, we're glad to be safely here. Um, if you could point us towards the, the city square or your library, wherever you store uh, documents and history. Well, first you must register properly. And so I will take you to our booth, but we will expedite you through because you are such notable figures in your own... Do, do they have food at this booth? There is food along the way, I assure you. Great. Grab something out of your pack, Bash, and just... I, I ate go. it all. You ate all your provisions? It's been a couple yes. days. <sighs> all right. Bash. All right. Okay, so with another bow, he turns, and you can see his rich silks leading you through the crowd, and, and people are parting in front of him. So he's obviously a person of stature. And you are free to follow. And as you follow, you see uh, curious faces pressing in on either side of you. So they're making way, but there's, there's a lot of people pressing around you. So maybe to Bash, it feels a little... Claustrophobic. Yes, yes. Uh, but you do see some uh, who are still holding out hand bowls of food. They're holding them out? Yeah, they're holding out bowls of food. And, I'm and going to take them. <laughs> so you, you try to take one, but he's trying to pull it back, and he's holding out his other hand for money. Uh, I push it away. <laughs> Bash, push his hand. We have, just, just give him a couple of coins. It, it, it's helpful to him and you. Go but ahead. I don't even know what this is. It's rice. It smells delicious. It's a, it's a reddish-brown sauce, and it's very thick, and it's been ladled over uh, some kind of very small granular... Uh, kind of like a, a base, like a like a grain or something. Peter, do you have any money? Yes. Can you give him something? I'm pretty sure Bash has money, you too. You have money! <laughs> and so do you, Bash. Pay the man. All right, fine. Uh, I'm going to give him a couple copper. Okay. Uh, he seems grateful for it and releases the bowl. <laughs> okay. And it's just this very savory smell right there in your hands. Mm. Right, no, but keep up, keep up. He's He's getting ahead of us. Okay. So you continue to make your way through the crowd. I can see Bass just using his fingers to dip in, and he's trying to get the food into. It's very hot. It's sticking in my beard, and it's very, it's very uh, spicy too. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you've got like dribbles and things coming down your chin and onto your onto your robes. It's the robes, my right? skin, your skins, animal yeah. skins. And so you're forcing your way through the crowd, uh, and you come at last to a booth that has been set aside. And as the official comes up, he claps his hands and he waves some kind of like a little. Not a whip, but it's like a, a lash that's made to keep flies away. Mm. And it's oppressively hot here. Uh, Peter is not feeling too great in his scale mail armor. Yes, mm. it is very hot. And in fact, if you don't want to be wearing your armor right now, we can say that you've swapped it out for cooler clothing. Sure. You still have your desert wear from uh, Yes, I do. Okay. So I, I do look probably very out of place here with Arbanim clothing. <laughs> well. Yeah. Okay, so you have changed into more comfortable clothing on the journey, and so now you're here, and it doesn't feel as bad as it could, and you, you shudder to think what it's going to feel like when you finally put that metal armor on in this hot, hot climate. We've patterned this country after India, so if you've ever read about or been to India, you know what kind of heat we're talking about. Uh, you get to the booth, and somebody is there. He's already got the forms out and asking for your signatures. Okay. Uh, and so you just go ahead and sign. Yeah, uh, Bash. how do you sign? I uh, take my uh, 
sauce-stained fingers, and I just put it on the piece of paper. <laughs> okay, because uh, you're not literate. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and so uh, with that, the, the official looks at the paper and looks back up, and, and Gundana kind of waves his hand like, yeah, don't, don't bother him. Okay. Peter, so did you have something to add? Uh, well, sorry, never mind, never mind. Okay. Uh, after that, Gundana says, uh, now, if you will proceed with me this way, and he points toward an arch, and uh, it, it leads to this giant building. The building actually occupies the back end of this island, and it, it, it basically wraps the island, and so a, it overlooks this big open terrace area of the docks of the port of Dura. And so as, as you go through this arch, you see the domed building passing overhead, and as soon as you hit the shadow part of that arch, it just feels like a blessed relief. It's just cool underneath. Uh, maybe the flies lessen up a little bit. Mm. And then you pass out to the other side, and there you can see uh, a river flowing from the island out toward the sea is passing right through here, and it, go, it wraps around the island. And so what you are seeing is uh, the great river Chandagani, which flows from the central plateaus of Rahajmanoth. It winds through mile upon mile of thick jungle. On its way to the sea at the eastern end of the island, it brings life-giving water to many towns and cities, including here at the city of Kashanda, which is across the water, and its port of Dura. And what a sight this is. As you look out over these brown waters that are still moving somewhat quickly, you can see little boats and skiffs and things that, have, that are coming here to trade, and it's like a huge traffic jam right here. Mm. And you can hear people calling to each other. You can smell more spices. They're, they're actually using their boats as like mobile stores. And so they have baskets of spice. They have fresh produce. They have meats that are hanging up on strings across from end to end of the boat. You can see people that are trying to sell little trinkets and things. And if, even though the distance between where you are and across the water to the city of Kashanda is about a mile of water, you could almost walk from boat to boat to get across. It's that mm. thick with people. So standing hey, here. Tara, I have to pee. Bash! <sighs> I, I mean, last time I did it in the open, you, you, yelled, you yelled at me. I, I, I got to find some place to go to the bathroom. Well, it's... I don't know where to go. Why are you asking me? Well, I'm going right here. <laughs> no, Bash, do not. We have a reputation to uphold. Yeah, well, I, I mean, only for a little bit. Gundana, find somewhere to go. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Gundana uh, says, uh, if you please, come this way. And he, he hurries you down this set of stone stairs to the water where there's a boat waiting. And you can get on. It's kind of like a, a water taxi. <laughs> I thought he was taking him somewhere to go to the bathroom. No. Okay. This water's making he's trying it worse. To, he's trying yeah, no to, kidding. Trying to keep you moving so that you don't cause a scene. All right. L listen, Bash, when we get across this, this little channel or whatever it is, I'm sure we can find you somewhere to go. Just hang on. Are we, are we heading to the library now? Well, we have to get out of the port city first. We've got to get across, what, what is it, the river? Yes. We've got to get, a, we're not even on the <clears throat> mainland or whatever it is. Yeah, you're not on the island of right. Rehazmanoth. Uh, you're on the small island of the yeah. port of Dura. All right. All right, so Let's you... Let's just get in the boat and go. Yeah, he hurries <laughs> you into the boat, uh, looking relieved that nothing untoward has happened, and your, your boat puller pushes away from the stone, uh, stone steps, and you find yourself drifting. It looks like you're going to get rammed every single moment. You've got <laughs> boat prows coming towards you, and somehow he skillfully avoids by pushing this deep, this pole deep down into the water and pushing off of the somewhat shallow uh, surface below. And as you're moving along, he's just weaving in and out. And within about 20 minutes, uh, so we're all familiar with DC traffic here. Uh, it's kind of like working through that. But he manages to weave his way through without anything even touching you. And wow. you get to the other side and you are now at what is called the Great Gut of Kashanda. It's a huge. If, if the steps you were on at the port of Dura were impressive, over here they're just gargantuan. They're colossal. Stone steps that are made to go down gradually towards the water. And here it is an actual marketplace. There are people everywhere. Anything you want to buy, it's there. There's music drifting up the sound of a sitar plinging in the background. At the top of the steps of the Great Ghat, the city of Kashand overwhelms you with its sights, sounds, and smells. If the port of Dura made a good first impression but then showed its age, 
Kashand feels like it's trying to top that. Buildings are quietly crumbling in the heavy, wet heat, and the feeling of great age permeates everything. The streets are paved in huge, flat stones, but they're worn and rutted with the passage of innumerable feet and wagons over untold centuries. Buildings here tend to be rather square and squeezed in close together. Much like the people who crowd the streets in chattering throngs, private life doesn't seem to be overly concerned about privacy here. Windows and doors are flung open on the cavernous houses, and perhaps to encourage a stray breeze to pass through and relieve the otherwise still air. The walls are damp with moisture. Oh, I'm making a wrinkled face, but I think actually Tira would like that. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, your dwarf sensibilities like the smell yes. of damp stone. Yeah, yes, that's very true. But not the heat. Yeah, that, fe that. that feels kind of counterintuitive. I'm thinking, this is... This is backwards. It should be cooler down here. Yeah. And any heat that you're used to as a dwarf is the heat of the forge. And right, so this, this oppressive heat that, that yeah. is unrelieved is really hard to deal with. Okay. We need to find, we need to get inside or something out, out of this sun. I can't take this humidity. This heat is awful. Um, does it, can we talk to the guy who voted us across? Sure. Who, is it, uh, what was the guy's name again? Gundana is back on Dura. Oh, okay, so he didn't come with us. Oh, okay. Now that you've properly registered his part right, and the process okay. is done. Okay. Um, did he point us right. in the right direction of the library? Not really. Not really. Um, excuse me, I'm kind of turning to the gentleman who punted us across. It's obvious that he, he knows you're talking to him, but he doesn't, doesn't understand what, what you're saying. Okay. Um, so I'm trying, like, rudimentary hand gestures. Um, town... Where? Can, which way do we go? I've, I'm I've taken out my green book and I'm like, library? Hey, there you go, Peter. Library? Anywhere? Uh, why don't you give me a... How about an intelligence check? Uh, me too. Oh, man. <laughs> I know, I see it. Should I do it too? Intelligence yeah. is my lowest one. <laughs> Eight, nine. Eighteen. So Peter sails into the rescue with his green book, and he, he holds it up, and the the man seems to understand, and he and he points into the city. But other than that, you don't understand what he's trying to tell you. Hey, offer him a copper to take us there. That is a he doesn't much know where more, he's taking us. That is a much more complex idea to convey. So I take out one of my coppers and I say. He, take, he takes the <laughs> copper and then pushes away from the gut. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Well, bye. Well, let's just <laughs> Take it that. off your inventory. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> and the couple for your bowl of mess. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was two copper, right? Yeah. No, he didn't really specify, but. All right, well, I, let's, just, let's just go this direction that he pointed us in. It, it does seem to lead into the city. Let's go. All right, well, I guess I'm just going to start heading into the city. Yeah. Okay, you make your way into the city, and a short distance in, things change little by little until at last you emerge into a great circular plaza. Here at last, it seems like you're getting to a treasured heart of the city. Great and elaborate temples enclose this open area. They're covered in elaborate hoot relief carvings of intertwined figures, human, animal, and strange combinations of both. Uh, you can see somebody who is telling a story. He's got like an illustrated panel on silk behind him, and he's he's talking. He's pointing as he as he talks, and you can see the people are uh, are entranced by what he has to say. And he's talking about a, a point where people and snakes suddenly became one. And so you have these half human, half snake people, and you can hear the word Naganuri as he's talking. So some, something about this snake people tribe that is apparently. Part of their mythology or their their do they their look stories. Like, do they look like them? No, they don't. Oh. They look like the bottom half is snake and the top half is person. Oh no! What? Uh, but uh, bright colors and precious metals adorn the exteriors of the temples, and their open colonnades reveal representatives of the various gods engaged in their daily tasks. So, Peter, this is a polytheistic society. Apparently. Yay! <laughs> I'm in my home turf now. Compared to the part of the city through which you just passed, this plaza feels better. Well, do any of these buildings look particularly library-ish? Well, this, this man seems to be telling a history of some sort. Maybe he can point us to where their histories are kept. All right. Well, I just, I'm, I'm not going to interrupt the story or anything. Uh, 
as you're talking from behind you, you can hear somebody say, Sounds like you need directions. I yeah. jump. <laughs> I turn around. What, actually, I turn around. What do I see? It's the Who witch do doctor. Is <laughs> it the plague doctor? It's the plague doctor. No. Ah, no, that would sound very different. That would be. You see a person and uh, his, his skin is very, very dark. Uh, he's got an eye patch covering one eye. And he has some very pronounced scars on his throat, which might account for the way his voice sounds. Okay. And something pulls a little bit at the edges of your awareness. But when you all turn around, you can see... Uh, roll me a perception check, everyone. Okay. By the way, Meredith is new to this game, so... <laughs> new as in yeah. a year old. And I just realized, okay, so 14, right? Yeah, 14. 14 for Tira? 22. 22. Let's use his. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Peter... Peter's uh, leading the way here. <laughs> Peter, you notice a slight, almost like a twitch on the face of the man as you turn around, and he almost seems to recoil just a little bit. When we turn around? Yes. Like he's not used to people facing him? Who knows? You, you don't notice I don't, any of Yeah, them. I don't get Peter, it. Peter, do you recognize him? Do I recognize him? Why don't you give me a... <laughs> it's Rebag. An intelligence well, history. Like, intelligence what, history check. Oh, buddy. All right, then. Come on, then. Come on. 14. Okay, no. Uh, the feeling passes. Ah. And his face regains its composure very quickly. And he says, I couldn't help but overhear that you seem to be new here. That's right. Ask him where the bathroom is. <laughs> <laughs> that's over there. And he points to like a slit trench. I have beeline over there. <laughs> okay. Bash goes away. And we'll stay with this part Yes, of the please. <laughs> um, okay. Well, we are new here. We literally just landed. We're looking for any kind of a place where books or, or city histories are stored. We noticed this gentleman telling a story that seemed like a, like a history, and we'd like to know where more of those are. These temples have lots in them, but uh, what in particular are you looking for? Well, it's really more, uh, I guess, mythology or world history type uh-huh, yeah, there's lots of that here. I mean, you can see him over there. And you see the storyteller. Yes. There's plenty of that to go around, but, I mean... But there's no central building where all of them are? No, it's pretty well divided here. Okay, well, um... I have an idea. Let's right. split the party. <laughs> no, that has never worked out well. <laughs> it's always been disastrous. All right, Wombard Bash, you make your way back. Yes, I don't see what the big deal was. It was just a hole in the ground anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, okay, so I turned to Wumberbash. It seems that there is no one single library building here for us to go to. It's, it's basically different places for different types of history. That, I'm not sure which one to start at, where, where we should go first. Can we ask, just ask him about the crystal columns or something like that, or what we're looking for as far as that's concerned? The spires? That's true. The pillars, yeah. Oh, right, the pillars. The pillars. Man, I was so off. All right. Well, we're looking, we're looking for a particular history that might mention crystal pillars or... Ooh, crystal pillars. I'm about to cough. Ah, <laughs> <coughs> uh, crystal pillars. I don't think you're going to find anything like that here, but... Or about the stars falling? Yeah. Uh, I've, I've got a deep interest. That's what brought me here in the first place, was research, and... I... I've been through these archives. I, I don't remember anything like that, but there is rumor of a place deep in the jungle that might be home to something like this. They call it the Red Castle in the Clouds. The Red Castle in the Clouds. That's what they call it. The Red... Okay. Is Lando Calrissian there? 
<laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> no, that's, that sounds like a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that, that's a white castle in the clouds. <laughs> white castle. Hmm. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, can you point us in the direction where that is said to be? I might be able to help, actually. I, I've been thinking about trying to get out there myself. Mm, okay, so Tira's kind of feeling a bit suspicious. He seemed familiar for a second and then suddenly didn't, and now he's offering to take us into the jungle. Take me, don't, I, it doesn't matter to me. Oh, well then we can trust him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, come on then. We should uh, perception check this dude again. <laughs> don't make me perception uh, check you. It. Yeah, you're new to this uh, conversation. Oh, yeah, oh, j- just bad. Mm-hmm. Just, just him, yeah. okay. <laughs> I'm not doing it. You, 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 you do have luck points. Luck point? Uh, I don't want to waste it on this. I only have three a day. Yeah, so. okay. okay. All right, so... Uh, he looks good to me. <laughs> Checks out. All right, I guess we're going to follow him into the jungle then. Uh, but you might want to prepare yourselves first. There's lots of dangerous things out there. We need to get some food. Food is a good one. Water, fresh water. What is this, Cholt? <laughs> what? Never mind. Okay. Well, let's quickly get provisions. We need to. We need to get on our way. All right. I'm going to get lamb and beef and dried fish, and I'm going to get some mushrooms, and I'm going to get some tea, <laughs> and my, I'm going to fill my water bladders. Okay. All right. So Womberbash immediately disappears into the marketplace, <laughs> and he begins uh, spending whatever Buying money he has. Buying everything you can see. All right. Uh, I'm going to say that comes to a total of ten gold. What? Yep. Well, ten gold—that's a steal, man. That's a steal. <laughs> nice round number. Be some good lamb. <laughs> All right, uh, Peter, Tira, how are you preparing? I think I'm going to. Uh, I haven't eaten all my provisions, so I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to go. Let's just go. Depending on how long this journey might be, um, I'm debating whether or not we should try and uh, I should try and find some way for us to uh, get fresh water. Uh, there's no telling how uh, easy that'll be. In the jungle. There's water dripping off the buildings. We can find water in the jungle. Come on. But let's is, go. is it going to be fresh water that's, you know. If it's collecting in leaves and stuff, or we chop some vines in half and drink out of it like in Predator, we're good to go. <laughs> you keep mentioning all these things. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's say you take about a half hour. I mean, the market is right yeah. there. You're, you're surrounded by all sorts of things. So you go and prepare yourself for this trip. Everything sounds good. He's been following you around. Uh, just so that you don't get separated. Um, and when you look like you've got enough mm-hmm. stuff, uh, he says, I think that's good. I-, I can go get my things real quick. All right, well, meet us back here and, and let's go. He ducks out and comes back in a few minutes with, it looks like a, a really travel-worn leather backpack, and it's small to your eyes, but it seems to have everything that he... Needs in it. Does he look like uh, he's a warrior of any type? Like, if I mean, if he turned on us, that we'd have a heart. I mean, does it just look like a regular average Joe or what? He looks uh, pretty slim, as in maybe on the having just gotten over sickness side of things. Okay, perhaps. Um, does he have any weapons on him? He has a, a knife tucked in at his belt, but it doesn't look particularly dangerous. No machete or anything. Uh, Sure, he's got one strapped to his backpack. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, how are we going to go through the jungle? All okay. right. And so uh, with that, he says, I, th- I, think, I think we're ready to go. Uh, let's, let's go this way. And he goes back to the gut. He leads you back through the winding streets of the city, back to the stone steps that lead down, and after some haggling, manages to procure you a boat that can take you upriver. Okay. So it's a larger, shallow boat made for navigating some of those really shallow places and it's a it's a wider boat so um and he, he says uh there are rapids along the way so we need something that's a little more stable but we'll try and stay to this as much as we can get us as close as possible before we go i changed into my scale mail again because i don't know how dangerous these jungles are going to be okay and i just want to be ready as okay. much as i'm going to hate myself for doing this <laughs> well thump helps you uh, and so the Dragonborn's nimble fingers lace up your armor. They get you nice, uh, get get it fitted just right. Not that tight. <laughs> okay, he backs <laughs> off. You smell a uh, 
an apologetic smell drift off of him. <laughs> I, an apologetic I, smell. I, Just I, imagine what that might be. Why do I smell apologies? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so the uh, you manage to get all your things onto this skiff, and the skiff man begins pushing and pushing and... Uh, you break free from the stone steps of the gut and you, you push out into the middle of the river and begin making your way up. And the, the jungle immediately begins to crowd over the river. Uh, so you have the trees. So, Peter, you donning your armor wasn't necessarily a bad thing because the trees helped to cut the heat of the sunlight. Uh, you go for about an hour or so. And then uh, before you know it, um, your boatman begins to mutter something and the man with you, your guide, says, you might want to put something on. It's about to get wet. Put something on? And there it is. And what? clouds begin to race over, and suddenly there's just a massive downpour of rain. It, where there was nothing in the sky, hmm. it's just water coming down. So there is a little uh, a waterproof tarpaulin at the back of the boat that you can crowd under, but some of you are going to be sticking out. Well, all of you are going to be sticking yeah. out somewhat. yeah. Does this happen often where it just rains out of nowhere? Every day. Every day? Just about, yep. At least I'm not getting eaten up by the bugs right now. Yeah, not right true. Now. Not right now. They're, they're crawling under your, your skins to get out of the rain. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> uh, yes. Really? <laughs> There's some protein to save for just later. Like home. Yeah. <laughs> just get home. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. But then within about 15 minutes... The, the rain pushes on past you, heading out over the ocean and where it's going to dissipate pretty quickly. So it, it comes, it goes. Yeah. This is just life in Rahajmanath. That was so strange. I've never seen weather like that. All right. Uh, what time of day is it, by the way? Right now, it's, getting cl- it's about noon. Okay. I'm hungry. Oh, no surprise there. I'm going to get in yeah. my pack and get myself some grub. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Walmer Bash begins chowing down, and he's... Again, crumbs of food and everything. Saving it for later. Wiping it on your clothes. <laughs> uh, you begin to see things floating down river toward you. Things. Uh, they they kind of dip under the water. The water's moving more quickly here, so it's a, more of a struggle for the pole man to continue pushing. But you see, th- it looks like maybe broken logs that are dipping down under the water and then popping up as they, they get buoyed up from, be- from below. Uh, you know, fingers, severed limbs, heads, mm-hmm. bodies, that kind of stuff. Uh, you do see an animal body drifting down, and it kind of swirls around, bumps the side of your boat, and continues downriver. Animal as in cow? Uh, like or? a wildebeest or something okay. like that, oh yeah. My. I contemplate whether I want to bring it on board and chop it up. <laughs> no, you don't. I'm going to revive it. Spare the dying. No, I want a pet. <laughs> okay. All right, uh, so you continue, and in another three hours of pole, I mean, this is Ugh. a long river. It's a hot day. The, the heat resumes right mm-hmm. after the rain passes through. Uh, you make your way, and after a bit, the, uh, the pole man begins steering you towards shore. You're going to have to uh, find a place to spend the night. Oh, so is it getting to the end of the day? Yeah, getting close to the end of the day, and it, it, night falls quickly in the jungle. Uh, okay. It gets dark under the tree canopy very quickly. All right. And there's the emergency vehicle rushing past in the jungles. <laughs> that's that's the, uh, the known siren beast. Yeah. I wonder if we should try to, should we stay on the ground or should we be up in a tree or at least off the ground somewhere? I have no idea. I've never been to this kind of uh, terrain before. I mean, there's, is, certain, there's certain parts of my forest where I come from where yeah. you don't want to be on the ground at night. So we might want to be up above the ground. All right. Uh, I guess I, I'll take your lead on that, Bash. You would know better than I do. This right. actually seems like a known location. This is like a way stop along the river. So because oh. it's so heavily traveled, it's actually a palisade, a wooden palisade made of bamboo, some kind of Did thick. you say palace? <laughs> no. It might feel like a palace <laughs> after being out in the heat all day. Yeah. Yeah. But you have a wooden palace with a little rope uh, gate lock on it. And then inside there are, are pallets that are up off the ground. So you have a raised surface to sleep on. This looks like they're expecting people to stop here. I think we'll be okay, Bash. Let's just, let's just get up okay. here and, and get comfortable. Excellent. This house will make excellent timber for the campfire I'm going to make. <laughs> okay, uh, so you all get off the boat. The, the boatman joins you. Uh, your guide joins you. And you all settle down. So we're only here for the night, and then we're going to get back on the boat and head up the river again. Okay. Yes. All right. So I'm sitting down. I turn to our guide, I suppose. 
How much further up the river do you think we need to be? We've been traveling all day. Let me see. He rummages around in his pack and he pulls out a nice looking piece of parchment and he rolls it out and he says, I, I've been doing a lot of study and thinking and I, I, think, I think we might have maybe another half day upriver. Suspicion. Again, I've, I've never been there, but I've really been wanting to find this place for a long time. Okay, well. Peter is highly suspicious. Peter is highly suspicious? Okay, so what are you going to do in this little encampment for the night? Uh, uh, I think Tyr is going to go ahead and, well, let's see, what, what do I have as far as, I don't want to, oh, I have regular desert wear. Okay, I don't, I don't just have, because I gave the dressy clothes away. That's right. All right, so I'm going to, since I'm all drenched from the sudden downpour, once we get there, I'm going to change quickly out of that into the desert wear that I got um, in Jama, which will be more suited to this temperature at least, I'm assuming, um, and it's dry. And then are we going to have, are we making a fire? Yeah, yeah, there, there's... All right, and so I'm just going like, to kind of arrange my wet stuff on the ground, because I know that my, the desert wear is not going to be good if we get into combat, really, but... Um, it's dry and it's cooler. Yeah. More than anything, it's the dampness that's getting to yeah, you. Yeah. And uh, so as Peter gets the fire going, you drape your clothes around it and they begin to feel dry at last. Mm -hmm. And what a lovely feeling that is. Uh, so even though you've only been in this environment for about a day, you know... I'm ready to get to this library and get out of here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so you uh, bed or you, you kind of make, make yourselves at home mm -hmm. in this... In the, Descending twilight. I'll take first watch because I don't want to be woken up later in the middle of the night. So okay. How thoughtful. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Bash. Uh, what are the others doing? I'm um, sharpening my axe. As Peter's custom is, he takes off his armor, uh, puts it to the side neatly, and then he um, recounts some of his Vashemite prayers from the Green Book uh, before going to sleep. Okay. Thump is whittling at a stick with a knife and a smell of baking bread is rolling off mm. of him. Tira? I'm just, I'm sitting by the fire and I'm uh, sharpening my axe and getting ready to bed down for the night, I suppose. I am small, but I am mighty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, the, our, our guide, is he sitting, he's there with us. You just occurred to me, I never even asked you your name. I was about to ask you the same thing. Oh, well, I asked you first. You did indeed. My name is Kabir. Is it now? <laughs> is it now? <laughs> Out of my sleep, I j you just hear, Peter Graham. He writes it down on his paper. I'm looking at it upside down and backwards, and I go, what? <laughs> Kabir, okay. K-A-B-I-I-R. Uh-huh, all right. Well, I'm Tira. Tira, nice to meet you. <laughs> and who are they? Oh, well, um, the, uh, what are you doing, Bash? You're, oh, you're taking watch. I'm, I'm dipping my toes in the river. Okay. Right, uh, <laughs> well, that's, that's Wumper Bash, and, and this is Peter here who is saying his prayers. But, uh, this is Stump. We, uh, we, uh, he joined our party just not long ago. I see. Well... Good. What, 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 bring, <laughs> what brings you here? Um, I mean, what, what, what even prompted these kinds of questions? Asking your name? No, no, no. <laughs> but you, you said you were looking for crystal pillars or something. We told oh. him too much. No, I know. We so in my, in my head, I'm thinking, I just, I don't know this guy, and I don't want to reveal too much, but the, the four of us have been traveling together for some time, and... Uh, researching history, like, much like yourself. Why are you looking into the crystal pillars? It's just a lifelong passion. I, I want to know more about what the world was like at the time of the Sundering. The time of the Sundering? Yes. What's that? It's when magic was taken from us. Okay, so I, I kind of quickly look at Peter and Bash... I'm still asleep. I didn't know you were asleep. I, I've, I've been asleep. Oh, okay. I I'll look at Bash then. I'm not <laughs> looking at bugs on the side of the river. 
So they can't hear what we're talking about? Not really. Oh. You're, you're just out of ear. You can hear voices, but you can't really make out what they're saying. You speak of when magic was taken from us, so there was magic here to begin with? That is my understanding, yes. We're only starting to piece together the puzzle. I'm not sure how much to say. There's nothing to say. I, I, I'm not looking for more information from you. I just... It's, it's what has grabbed my interest and brought me here. I see. Well, it would seem that we're uh, on similar quests, amazingly enough. So it would How seem. fortunate that we just happened to run into you. I'm feeling very suspicious. You actually say that in, in the game. I didn't say that. That was me, not Tira. <laughs> um, Tira is feeling very suspicious. He seems to know a whole lot. And, and it, seem, it is seeming very strange that he just happened to pop up right as we were looking for directions. So, well, I, hopefully we'll both have something very interesting to find out and look at tomorrow when we get there. I hope so. Uh, in the meantime, I need to study my map. Go right ahead. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get some rest. He sits down and he busies himself with the map. You can see him. I mean, he's pulled out things to weight it down on the corners, and he's really just studying this rolled-out oh. parchment. Uh, so your watch passes, Womberbash. You find several tasty-looking bugs. I ate them. <laughs> uh, who's, who are you waking up next? Peter. Peter, your watch also passes rather uneventfully. The... Darkness has fallen in full. The sounds of the jungle around you are, are strong. There's uh, rustlings in the underbrush. There's, uh, there's heavy, heavy bug sounds. I mean, it's, it's not what you're used to. I wake up thump next. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting there. Do I get another long rest? Oh, too bad. I don't need it. But yeah. yeah. No one's waking me up to yeah. watch. You get, the, you get the effects of a long rest. Okay. Um, and then you wake up in the morning. Oh, I never got to do a watch. Never huh? got to do a watch. All right. All right, well. Um, that means your first watch tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. You mean today? Or tonight? Today. Tonight, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's, let, let's get ready. Okay, so I'm going to go over to, as we're getting ready for our, to leave, I'm going to kind of gather Peter and Bash together and Thump. Thump is not there. What? Thump is missing? Thump is not there, and neither is your guide. Uh... Where is our boat gone to? The boat is gone to. Peter's, it's Peter's fault. What? He had what? watch. <laughs> Why didn't you wake me up for watch? No, no, no. I, I put Thump on watch, and then yeah, he took his watch and went to sleep, and then put Thump on, who can't even talk and and alert us to anything. He can I mean, make he can make something yeah. smell. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna spend uh, I'm gonna spend two side points on um, uh, keen senses. Okay. Um, hold on a second. And I, no, I'm gonna do a perfect uh, perfect senses. It's it's three side points. Okay. And uh, so basically, um, I get um, a keen sense of smell and an instinct to detect prey, um, and I can see invisible creatures within and up to 10 feet, even if I'm blinded. Do I sense anything or smell anything of, the, of these two? You can, you can smell down to the bank of the river. Okay, so I run down to the bank of the river. And from there, you can look up and down its length, but there's no sign of the boat and there's no sign. Can of I tell by the smell, maybe how, how long this occurred, or the last, like they might have been in the general vicinity? You're gonna make uh, me roll. Yeah, aren't you? it's yeah. Go ahead and roll. <laughs> I don't like this one. This one didn't do do well last time. I'm gonna do this one. <laughs> do your investigation check if you would. No, I'll do athletics. I did it. <laughs> I got an. I, I rolled a nineteen. All right. Uh, you, I guess, let's say that you're catching lingering whiffs of thump. So suddenly you smell sulfur in the air. That's his and it's drifting back to you from upriver. That's his danger smell, right? Um, That's his danger smell. Yeah. I'm going to spend uh, two side points, and I'm going to jump into the water. Okay. What oh. are the side points for? Oh, isn't that his, his fish transformation? I, uh, oh. I, I gain fins and webbing between my fingers and toes, and I'm able to, uh, to swim at the same speed that I can walk, which is 30. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in there and head upriver. Up I'm going to try to use, um, you know, the dolphin technique, <laughs> try to get up there as fast as possible. And I, and I stick my head up every so often. I still have um, uh, uh, perfect senses at the same time. 
as you dive into the water, birds suddenly begin chirping cacophonously in your vicinity. And as you move, the sound travels with you through the water. Birds. I mean, so wherever you are in the water, the birds are continuing to follow your progress. Birds. I'm going like, to kill all these birds. <laughs> as a fish? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, like, like, like one of those archer Wait. fishes where you just like poke up and like spit at them oh, or whatever. Man. I mean, as I'm going up river, am I smelling anything more from a, a thump or Not is it getting underwater, stronger? But as you come up, yeah. as you're dolphining out of the water, you get little whiffs of that sulfur smell. Okay. And I guess what Peter and... All right, so Sarah, I run you... to Peter and say, Peter, what what happened? You I were am... on watch last night. Didn't you see what happened? No, I didn't. And, and and I say that as I'm frantically hacking at like bamboo shafts nearby and I'm like trying to grab some vine or whatever. I'm I'm desperately trying to like piece together a makeshift raft of some What? <laughs> so so as I, I lift no. my head up one time just to let them know where I am, I'm gonna make some, <laughs> <laughs> or something just just to get them to, like just so they know where I am. Basically. You see Bash out. Uh, you see something <laughs> frolicking out in the water, screaming. <laughs> I, I can Where's see a, I can see a fish with Bash's face going. <laughs> <laughs> it well, looks very disturbing. Uh, <laughs> it's horrifying. It's, oh, yeah. <laughs> From that day forth, Peter had PTSD. Okay, all right. So do I, I mean, so I'm still going, right? Am I seeing anything? Or, like, are they in sight, or? Um, yeah, let's say that after about 20 minutes of you swimming. Wow. Well, <laughs> you can hear the birds also. Yeah. Hang on, so you're able to kind of follow. I'm assuming that you two are just going to kind of push along the yeah, shore. Yeah, kind of running along the shore, I guess. Can, can I see these birds that are following him? Uh, you or can is it just see the sound of birds? it's the sound of birds mostly, but they're staying low to the treetops, so okay. it's hard to see. Kind of like when you hear a bunch of birds out in a tree out in front of your house, you can't really see them until they take off and fly. But okay. every now and then you'll see. So how far am I away like, from what I can see? Uh, up ahead, after twenty minutes of you swimming upstream, you're making better time than this ponderous skiff. Uh, you can see the skiff. How, how far am, am I away? Uh, you are several hundred yards back. Okay, I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna keep keep moving. Also, what color are these birds that I keep seeing? Uh, they're up? various colors. Some of them are okay. brightly colored. You see oh, some okay. white mixed in there. They the oh, bird I sounds think I know what you're asking. the bird sounds were not nearly as um, as loud as when Bash suddenly jumped into the water. Because okay. I was thinking like. If there are a whole bunch of blackbirds following him, I'm thinking the Don't plague doctor's near. Yeah. Okay, so what can, what running along the shore, what can we see? You're going much more slowly than right. Bash, but you can see the birds lifting out of the trees well, every now and then. I can go 35. I can go faster than Bash. But he's a he's a fish in water. Okay. And so he's cutting through the water. All right. Uh, and you're dealing with all the vegetation. Yeah, okay. we're going through rough terrain, basically. <clears throat> all right, so... so I'm sorry, what did you say? You're we basically... Kind of shadowing him a little bit, yeah. but you're you're back from where he is upriver. Um, Bash, let me do a quick check here. From the skiff, you can hear a startled, "Oh no!" And you can see the guide run to the back of the skiff and look back, and he can see you surfacing out of the water. Can I, what, what is uh, what is what is uh, Thump doing? Is he tied? Can I see if he's tied up or something? Or? You don't see him in the skiff. But the figure goes back into the boat after he sees you pop out of the water. You see him lean down. You see the glint of a knife blade. <gasps> and then he holds up something and tosses it into the water. I'm just going to head right toward him. Toward what, him or to what he threw in the water? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head toward... How, what you said he's, is it, how far is he away at, for, at this point? You've closed the gap some, maybe 100 yards okay. ahead. Um. When you, say, when you like, throw something like a rock or throw something like a body? Not a body. Okay. It's, it was small, whatever it was. So it's just a finger. No um, big deal. No. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head toward the... I'm, gonna, I'm still going to head toward the boat. Your keen senses kick in as you get close to the yeah. skiff and you can smell blood in the water. <gasps> I see. Is it Thump's head? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Investigate what as it is. As you get close... Get there, Bash. Come on. You see a finger drifting down toward the bottom. I eat it. No. no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Go ahead. And that's where we're going to end this episode. What? what? No. no. That is the end of our first season. Uh, what the?
And we are going to end the season here. Let's talk experience points. Oh my goodness. No, that's <laughs> booty. <laughs> <laughs> that's not right. You, sir, are sick. <laughs> For this. Yay. Oh my goodness. Now it's it's tradition for us to end our episode by giving uh, giving a, an XP recap real quick. Experience points are what drive character development. So each of you gets one experience point for discovering the city of Kashanda. Now, do you want to explain why we're getting only one? Like a lot of times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you listen to our podcast series, one of our early episodes is that we have decided we purposely decided to shift from the usual experience point model that's given in the player's handbook. And we're using the three-pillar experience model, which resorts to a 100 experience point uh, limit. So every level, it's 100 experience points. So it it sounds small, but every point gets you Mm -hmm. considerably closer than it would using the regular D&D rules. And so um, one experience point for finding the city of Kishanda. And let me get back to my notes here. (laughs) Uh, for starting to explore that city, you get two experience points. You haven't really discovered all of it. No. Nowhere near all of it. No. And that's going to do it for given experience points. So let's talk Norse battle. And this is the part of the podcast where they get to s- nominate each other for extra experience points. I want to nominate Peter for actually getting past this language barrier and kind of yeah. pointing us sort of in the direction of the library. Yeah, take one. I want to nominate Womberbash for uh, the whole fish thing. Yeah, that was quick thinking. Yeah, just uh, jump in there. Take two. I want to nominate Tira for something. (laughs) I want to nominate Tira for effectively getting out of watch. (laughs) (laughs) I know. um, I don't know. I didn't do anything this episode. I thought we were going to get to fight or something. Yeah. I didn't need to do anything. Yeah, not, not a whole... I mean, with, with an hour of recording time, it goes more quickly than we like to yeah. think it does. I kept checking and I was like... Meh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I think yeah. we're going to call it there. Let's go ahead and do our recap for experience points. Okay. So Tira Ironstag is 10 points into level 7. Wumberbash Benson Mom is 12 points into level... Seven. Peter Greyhawk is seven, uh, 11 points into level 7. Mm. And Thump is 5 points into level 5. Thump is, al- dead. Yeah, Thump is also dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's what I think. And so uh, that's it. We want to thank you everyone for joining us during this special season finale episode. For joining us here at the Odenton Public Library Comic Con. Uh, thank you. Again, I am floored by the number of people we have sitting here, and I, I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you uh, are interested in checking out our, our podcast. We have flyers available that have our contact information on them, and we'd also love to share our story with you. Please remember to stop by our table, see us, to register for the grand prize at 2.30. We have a full set that will get you up and running with a D&D game today. Uh, that includes the core rule books that are courtesy of our friends at Third Eye Comics. Go ahead and talk to us, and we'd love to see you. Thanks for coming, everyone. Thank you.